in a horse and a buggy. And I want you guys to imagine this. It's raining outside. You can barely see anything. And you're going along and you can't see anything out of these little tiny windows. And all of a sudden you realize you've gone too far. And the road is narrow. Willis said earlier that the the road is narrow that leads to life. But the road is wide that leads to destruction. And you've got to go backwards. So you start saying to your horse, back, ha back, ha back, ha back. And if you've ever done this, it's hard to back up a horse. It's hard for it to go backwards. In my dream, the horse was named Justin. And the wagon was filled with saints. And this morning, I want to talk a little bit about justice, Justin the horse, and justification and sanctification. And, and those words. Um, and a horse and a buggy, um, if you have a horse... And it's not hooked up to the buggy. It's not reined in. It's going to run wild off on its own. And there are a lot of people that say that they are, that, uh, that they are covered by the grace of God. Right? That they are covered by the grace of God. And, you know, they've been freed. And they go and do whatever they want to. And they continue to do that. And they think that they can live in sin. And they're in this repetitious cycle of... Uh, they sin and then they ask for forgiveness and they sin and they ask for forgiveness. The horse has got to be attached to that buggy of sanctification. And we're going to talk a little bit about that um, and what that is. Uh, a lot of people have works, right? And there's a lot of scripture and there seems to be a battle back and forth on these two things. You know, even in the church, what is, what is sanctification? What is justification? Um, and the Lord... I think gave me a little bit of understanding, um, a glimpse of it, but I want you guys to judge what I say. Make sure that that dream came from the Lord. Um, the first scripture I wanted to read this morning comes from 2 Timothy. Um, and I'm just going to read everything off my heart, I think, this morning. It talks about uh, consider, consider what is said here. Um, and it talks about being a workman approved by God, rightly to be able to discern things. And rightly to be able to discern things. And I want to be able to discern with you guys the difference between sanctification and justification. And a workman approved by God. Um, I found myself a workman this week. Um, you know, we should work with our hands. And I found myself working on concrete on my hands and knees. And some of the things that were said, I was working with some of the brothers here. You know, concrete sets up fast, and you don't know how fast it's going to set up sometimes. It's coming fast, and, you know, you could worry about that concrete getting set. So everybody's working really hard, trying to bring up the cream on that concrete. And a workman for God, I think about the work that we do for him, and the concrete is setting up in this, too. We're told to redeem the time. We don't know how much longer we have, right? He says when he returns, will he find any faith, right? Will he find faith? The concrete is setting up, and I want to urge everyone here to make sure that we are workmen approved, to work out our, our faith with fear and trembling. Um, so uh, the concrete is setting up. 
So I want you guys to imagine uh, that you're, you know, let's go on a little buggy ride together. The concrete is setting up. Um, this, this horse, Justin, think about scales, right? Think about scales. Uh, you can use the word justice, um, righteousness. Imagine scales. And justification is a balancing of those scales. Um, this week I was reading in Psalms 51, I think it says, David says, um, if I could be cleaned with like hyssop. And I said, what's hyssop? Well, it's a plant, right? But it's more than just a plant. Hyssop was a special plant, and uh, this is not hyssop, but it looks kind of like it. Um, hyssop was used to make things justified and sanctified. There's going to be a little bit of crossover in these two words here. But the priests would take it and they would dip it in the blood. And they would sprinkle it all over the people. They would sprinkle it all over the altar. It's the blood that justifies us, the blood of the cross. Um, and if we come to the Lord on our hands and knees and ask him to forgive us, he is faithful to forgive us from all unrighteousness. He will do that. And we will be justified. Those scales are now balanced, okay? Those scales are now balanced. We are righteous through Christ. And, and his grace is sufficient. And that feels good. Uh, there was a certain woman that said to me this week, a certain woman, or maybe she was an uncertain woman. She said to me, I was reading the Bible for years, and I'm tired of feeling guilty. Tired of feeling guilty. The Bible, the law, has a, has a purpose. It shows us our guilt. And if we confess it, he's faithful to forgive us all from all unrighteousness. And I don't know if that person did that. I told them they didn't. They didn't. And they said they did. But we know in our hearts that, you know, there may be a memory of sin, but there's no condemnation in, those, in Christ. We are free, like John said, like those birds flying. Right? And there may be a memory or the flesh may reel itself, the eye. We can spoon it out, right? We can take captive all those thoughts. He says, commit the work of your hands unto the Lord and he'll establish all of our thoughts. So I encouraged her to confess her sin to the Lord, right? And another brother did that as well. But I don't think she was ever justified with God. Maybe she was, but if she was, she was stuck in this cycle and Christians are stuck in it. You see them, they say, oh, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus, but it's a different Jesus because Jesus loves us enough to take us where we are, right, while we were still sinners, right? Some people would die for a good man, but while we were still sinners, he died for us that we can live. But, he, but the spirit, the spirit, so I found myself, okay, so justification, I'm not going to spend too much time on that. I think you guys have a grasp on that. Even the world has, you know, Actually, they don't. They try to justify, justify them sometimes with works, right? They'll pile works on that scale. And the Lord says, all of your good works are like filthy rags to me. So how do we reconcile all these things that your good works are filthy rags? And then, you know, uh, James is going to say, show me your work with, uh, show me your uh, faith without works and I'll show you my works, but are they his? Like, I know what he's talking about, but they don't come from us. It's not our own abilities. Um, so speaking about that grace, right, the, the battle that goes on, we can go to Romans if we want to. And we're talked about, you know, the righteousness 
it's considered righteousness for Abraham through faith. And this goes back and forth. And should we continue in sin? And it says no. Should we continue in sin? So let's get to sanctification. Um, let's think of some verses or some other words that mean sanctification. Sanctification, things that are sanctified. We talked about how hyssop would sanctify things. And what did that do? It washed them. The psalm says, wash me like hyssop. So we've been justified. Can we still continue to be washed? Well, yeah, and more increasingly. So it says, add to your faith virtue or goodness, right, knowledge, self-control. Self-control, I think we have to do that. But then it says godliness. Godliness. We have to add godliness to our life? Godliness is another word for sanctification. And he can increase that more. Um, holy, uh, holy is your name, Lord. Holy is your name. Holy is another word for sanctification, but it's completely different from the sanctification that we have because he has always been holy. He doesn't become holy. We are to become more Christ-like, right? We are to follow him. So he has a holiness, but we're told to be holy like our Father is in heaven, right? A verse that just comes to my mind right now is it says, um, he who says he's without sin is a liar, right? I tell you this so that you don't sin. I tell you this so that you don't sin. And through him, we can overcome these things, right? That is our sanctification. Um, if we're sitting, I want, let's go back to that buggy. We're sitting in the buggy and we don't have that horse out front. We're trying to do work on ourselves. We're trying to push that buggy, trying to push it with our feet. We can't do it on our own. We need the justification first. It has to be done in order. If you're trying to back that horse up, you're trying to do good works first, right? Or if you're just trying to do just the grace thing, you're going to be off on a wild horse and you're going to get run into a tree. So it's important to keep those in order. So justification first, and then we add to that our sanctification. We add that holiness, that brotherly kindness, and that love. Um, let's see. Uh, sacrifice comes from that, right? Uh, we're to follow our Father, right? As we sacrifice ourselves, not be concerned with our only our own interests, but concerned with the interests of others. And I want to spur us all to not even necessarily even be concerned with our own interests, right? We should be known by our love. Um, so we talked about the, uh, the teachings of the apostles. Um, I found myself this week um, in kind of going backwards, actually. I found myself going, not, not walking backwards, but I found myself... Uh, I was reading 2 Thessalonians, if you guys want to turn there with me. Um, talking about sanctification here. I'm just going to start at uh, chapter 2, verse 13. And back in uh, chapter 1, um, we're called his holy people and to be marveled at among those who all who have believed. This includes you because you believed our testimony to you. And we believe, and that's what gives us that justification. Um, 
13, it says, but we always, um, but we ought always to thank God for you, brothers loved by the Lord, because the beginning God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. The sanctifying work of the Spirit. So it's the Spirit, the Spirit of God that comes upon us. And we have to wait for this patiently. Um, But it's the Spirit of God that sanctifies us. We have to obey the Spirit and not stifle the Spirit. He will cleanse us. The Spirit will convict us of things in our lives, right? And we have to be careful as the Spirit convicts us that we don't judge other brothers, right? Because if they have the Spirit of God, they're going to be led to this as well, right? Um, But we, we can't spur each other on into good works. And through belief in truth. He called you to this through our gospel, that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Might share. So, when we pray, we pray as it's already happened. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. So then I read through Second Thessalonians. By word, the teachings. I was like, okay, well, you know, the teachings, where are they? So I was kind of, you know, the horse has got to come first. So I went to 1 Thessalonians. And um, Paul gives us some instructions here um, and on how to be sanctified. Um, I'm going to start in chapter 4. Um, and he wrote these down. And I'm reading out of NIV. If you guys can try to follow along if you want to, it's... Finally, brothers, we instruct you how to live in order to please God. So that sanctification is kind of like saint sanctification, right? We are, the, we are the saints of God. We are the ones in the buggy. We have, we have hopped, we, you know, we've gone through that horse, right? And we have, we have been justified. Now it's important that we be sanctified, that we add these more and more. Um, we instruct you on how to live in order to please God. As in fact, you are living. Now we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. Now he's going to tell us. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. And then he's going to give us some real practical things here. That you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God. That's a sobering thing. Um, we, are, we are likened, I think about a temple, right? So they, they, were, uh, they were taking hyssop and blood and they were sanctifying the temple, but we're told that we are God's temple, right? And how, how sobering should that be to us? Right? People use that to justify all kinds of exercises, and I'm not against any of that kind of stuff. But we should, our bodies are sacred unto the Lord. He made us. And blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see the face of God. Um, and you know what? If anybody's stuck in that, they can come to the Lord and they can ask forgiveness from it. They can ask forgiveness from it. But I want to warn us all to be very careful. I want to warn us to be very careful. Um, like where the places that you go to, right? Even you have to be careful, right? I was going to witness. Well, you know, the enemy's walking around like a lion looking for somebody to consume. 
and that in this matter no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. So we, we should be known by our love. And as we do things together, we should not be taken advantage of each other, right? We should be giving ourselves for one another. So abstain from sexual immorality. And that's anything outside of marriage, right? If we look with lust. Um, no one should take advantage of a brother. The Lord will punish men for all such sins, as we have already told you and warned you. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. And another word for holy is that sanctification. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man, right? But rejects God. There was some talk this week about, you know, like you guys should be judging what is set up here, right? The teachings of the apostles. If I say something that is not in the Bible, right? You have to judge what is said. Um, but this is, you're not, you would not be rejecting what I'm saying. You'd be rejecting God who gives you his Holy Spirit. Now about brotherly love, so let's just back up a little bit. Sexual immorality, um, don't wrong your brother. Um, be pure, right? It's a warning that if we don't do that, about, they're commended about their love for one another. You do not, and that love is how we spend each day with each other, right? That love is how we spend each other, and we encourage each other in our hope, and in our hope is in Jesus Christ, and in him will we not be let down? No. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all the brothers throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more. Amen, right? To do this more and more. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your hands, just as we told you. So we should do that practical, concrete work. It is setting up. But God has work for us to do, too. And that concrete is setting up, right? Um, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. And he's going to tell us here about those that have fallen asleep in Christ. I, lo I love how the Lord Jesus goes to... And they're like, he's dead. And what does he say? No, they're just asleep. It's appointed for man to live one time and then face judgment, right? We die one time, and if we were buried with Christ in baptism, we are already dead. We're not even going to die. We're not going to die. We're going to fall asleep, and we'll be raised on the last day. First, the, the dead in Christ will rise, or the, the sleeping in Christ will die, um, and then we will be called up. The archangel with a trumpet call of God. Um, just on a side note, uh, the Feast of Trumpets just passed, and we were talking about being the tabernacle of God. The Feast of Tabernacles is coming up, um, and in Zechariah, the last page, it says, uh, all the families of the earth will go and celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. It's not a command for us to do it now, um, but uh, I and some of the brothers may be looking for uh, living rooms or backyards to sleep in next week if anybody would want to join or to have a backyard that someone could sleep in. Um, 
After that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will be with the Lord forever and encourage each other with these words. I wanted to encourage you guys that. Um, in chapter 5, while people, I just wanted to read this. Um, this is not a command to do this. Um, but it says, while people are saying peace and safety, destruction upon, upon them will come safely. So is the concrete setting up? Everybody's like, be careful. Be careful. Peace and safety. You hear it so much anymore. Everybody says when you go, be safe. Be safe. Destruction will come upon them like a thief. Let them know the concrete is setting up. Let them know. Um, and I say this so you're not surprised, right? Um, think about this. Uh, there's a parable the Lord tells that he says, if the servants would have known when the master would return. So here it's talking about a thief, right? Uh, they, would have, they would have made, we should be busy about his work. We should be busy about his work. Um, another command is here, live in peace with each other and warn those who are idle. Encourage the timid. Encourage the timid. So if anybody is like a little bit timid maybe about sharing the word of God, encourage them in it, right? Maybe give them some pointers on how to do it. Maybe go with them. Two brothers together are powerful. Um, and we all have gifts, right? So um, help the weak and be patient with everyone. Patient, long-suffering, right? We should have that if we have the spirit. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everybody else. Be joyful always. Pray continually, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. I said that earlier, right? Test everything. Hold on to the good and avoid every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. So we should be becoming more holy, right? May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. I think of a verse that says he's going to say to the Father, he's going to say, here I am with all that you've given me. I haven't lost a one. That's something that my, my spirit longs to hear. Um, I did kind of uh, split some things up into a justified and sanctified category um, from 1 Thessalonians. I believe it was in chapter 1. Okay, here we go. Yeah, so, uh, so the, back to 1 Thessalonians. I kind of went backwards again. So if you, guys would, if you guys see me putting the horse behind the thing, kind of help me out here. So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, we continually remember before God our Father your work produced by faith. Your work produced by faith. So 
I put work, I mean, I put work in the sanctified category, and then I put faith in the justified category. Okay? So, our work produced by faith. Your labor prompted by love. I don't know what you guys would do there, but I put the labor in the sanctified category and the love in the justified category. So if we have the, the faith, right? If we have the faith, the horse, behind it will come the work. Paul, James kind of says that. If we have the love, the labor will come, right? Or maybe that's backwards, labor of love. No, I think it's love first, amen. And uh, the last one is hope leads to patience. So uh, your labor prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So back to that again. So we should be increasingly putting on that Christ-likeness. Um, what is good religion? It says it's taking care of widows and orphans and keeping ourselves separate from the world, right? Separate, holy, called out. So we are a people called out um, and separate from this world. We're not of it, right? We're not of it, right? The pagans chase after all these things, but what do we do, right? We seek first the reign of the living God. We look at the birds of the air, right? And we see that our Heavenly Father takes care of them, as John said. Um, so, uh, one of the verses that was shared, uh, John shared in one of the Psalms, it said, men will fall, um, but the Lord will lift us up again, right? So, um, and I was thinking about this. Um, a sheep falls in a ditch, right? The Lord says, uh, which one of you who has a sheep on the Sabbath that falls in the ditch who won't pick it up? Or loses a sheep won't go and look for it, right? Well, of course, he goes and looks for the one and leaves the 99. But I want to encourage you guys to stay on the narrow path. It's really hard to back up that horse, okay? Um, if you're backing up the horse, you can fall in the ditch, right? If you're going backwards, that's when you get into trouble. So I want to encourage you guys to be good workmen who've set yourself to the plow and you don't turn back, right? Because if you're going backwards, you can fall. You can trip on stuff. You could fall into a ditch. Don't return to your vomit. I want to remind us, don't return to our vomit. If there's any sin amongst us, right? Look at that sin as vomit. It's vomit. Don't return to our vomit. Um, like a dog, right? Like a dog. Um, so... So that's what the Lord gave me on sanctification and justification. I hope there was some understanding in that. Um, Alan, would you close the service? <laughs>